Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Letters to Myself podcast. It is a Saturday today. It's March 12th. How is your March going? Hope it's going great for you and that, you know, you've had a great week. For me, there is a lot to talk about today, so I won't even get into it until I get started. A lot of changes have happened for me, but for today, I'm actually feeling really good. I got so much done Today, I went on a super long walk, uh, did my 10K steps, and that's a big thing for me because it's been so cold January and February that I haven't really had the chance to go on my walks, and I've been working super late, so by the time I get home, it's really dark out, it's freezing, it's snowing, so I'm, I really, really missed the cardio that I was doing like because I go on a super fast power walk for about an hour, an hour, to a, uh, an hour and a half. So that for sure, it like I feel so calm and I didn't realize how much I missed, you know, doing cardio. <laughs> I mean, I have my, I had my elliptical, but I don't really enjoy using an elliptical machine. It just doesn't hit the same way as being in nature and going on a walk. So I did that. I did, I just did so much today. I did my yoga. So I'm feeling super relaxed. I cleaned I went grocery shopping. I got myself a nice Starbucks as a reward. Um, I had a cold brew with, oh my God, what did I get? Oat milk and two pumps of brown sugar syrup. And that was like super good. It wasn't too sweet. Um, I don't know what it is about Starbucks, but their coffee always just hits different. Like when I make coffee at home, yeah, it wakes me up, um, but nothing wakes me up more than a Starbucks coffee. And I don't know what what they do like what kind like what like what is it with it but like if I go to Timmy's it's never it never hits the same if I get McDonald's coffee it does not hit the same like even second cup um which I go to frequently like the coffee just doesn't give the same effect as a Starbucks will so I had so much energy today and what else I do did that yeah that's pretty much it so I I got a lot of stuff done today but that's besides the point. Um, let's just get into today's topic, just a bit of an update as to where I've been. So um, end of February, I did. Unfortunately, I got COVID for the second time since the pandemic started. So that was fun. Um, the first time I got it was May of 2021. So it was about like almost a year ago now. And I am very lucky to have survived both times and not had any negative impact to my health like I remember the first time I got COVID I didn't even think I like I didn't I didn't I was like feeling kind of off for a few days and I didn't even think it was COVID until the situation was I was asked to go get tested because of us because I was exposed and I was like making the connection I'm like what if this is COVID I just thought it was like PMS like I just had a headache. I didn't have like really any symptoms. So, you know, on a regular day, I wouldn't have even thought I was sick. Um, so that's how it was for me the first time. Um, this time I actually did get sick, more sick. Like it was more cold-like symptoms. I had like light, light fever. I had um, like sinus problems. Like I, I ended up developing a bit of a cough, but it was like super light I've definitely been a lot more sick in my life like this is pretty mild um, compared to other things I've gone through I would even say that getting my period is a worse experience than 
how COVID was for me. Obviously, I'm in a privileged position to say that. Like, I know other people who may have health issues or who by chance didn't fare better than me. I know it can be serious. I'm not downplaying it at all. But just thank God that, you know, I'm better now. I don't have any lingering symptoms. And I don't know, like, I'm just, just had to be in the right place at the the wrong place at the wrong, at the right time. And yeah, so that was annoying. <laughs> um, but it is what it is. Like, I'm better now. So there was that, which kind of slowed things down for me a little bit. I was still working from home, but I was like quarantining for my family. So it was really hard for me to do things. I was feeling lonely. I was feeling isolated. That's the part for me that hit the most. Um, because I had to stay downstairs. I couldn't see my sister and my mom. And then right after that, like literally right after I left my quarantine, I moved out. So that as well has been like crazy. Um, I moved up, basically I moved out of like the home, my childhood home. Um, so it's been a huge, huge change for me. Uh, as you know, I live in Toronto, so one of the reasons I hadn't moved out previously was because I was not making enough to be able to support myself independently. So I was paying for my own things while living at home, but I wasn't—I would not have been able to move out with the rent prices. Um, thankfully, now I'm in a place where I can, but it's just been the toughest transition of my life. I didn't know that it would affect me emotionally so much. Because I, you know, when I was living at home, you know, you get into fights kind of with your family and you get into arguments and you're like, oh, I can't wait to move out. But then when you actually do it, it's so much different. Like it's, I I can't even explain. Like last week was one of the worst weeks of my life with the chaos of moving my furniture, moving my bed, getting set up, not having food in the fridge. And I didn't take any vacation time off. So I was still working throughout the entire time. Uh, So it was really, really uh, tough on me. And I will say that I was experiencing grief. Like I didn't know what I was going through. I was in a really weird mental state. And you know, when you have a big change in your life, be it like a relationship change or like maybe you move to another country or another city um, or you get a job change, like, like any big change to me, like, I don't know if you've gone, like any of you have gone through this as well, but like, you don't, you don't feel like life is real. Like you feel really off. You're not able to be yourself. You don't have the same personality. Like you're just like off and you're kind of stuck in this weird emotional state. For me, it was a mix of despair. Like I went through periods of despair and extreme sadness. I definitely went through grief from missing my family and just seeing like for me, the saddest part was when I moved my bed and I saw my my room, my childhood room. Like I had been in that room since my crib was there. Seeing it empty, I just started crying because it felt like an ending. It felt like an ending and also a beginning. And I don't think we just we talk enough about the grief that comes not from someone passing away, for, but the grief from things ending, which can happen when big changes occur in our lives. It's not only death that can trigger that it's also um again like even this can happen even with smaller things like and they're still valid like even if you change jobs and you're mourning your old job that is still grief you know what I mean it's it's a different kind yes you're not like mourning the loss of a human being but it's still a grief that sits within you and you have to feel that out and live 
and live through it and process that feeling before you can get better. So that's kind of the mental state I was in. When did I move out? I moved out last Wednesday. So it's been literally not even two weeks, actually. Um, so was very definitely not in a good mental state. I, I feel like I felt like a zombie. Like I wasn't sleeping properly. I had no appetite. I barely ate anything. And because I hadn't gone grocery shopping, like there was no food. I wasn't eating anything. I just did not feel like myself at all. Like I... I felt like nothing would get better. I felt like I wouldn't be able to get over this. Like I kind of reverted, like really reverted into a version of myself that I don't see often. But when I do see it, it's not something I'm proud of. So uh, yeah, there's that. I am doing better now. I will say that like I've settled everything in. I've gotten into my cleaning mode. I've been able like to go out. Um, and of course, I, I, live, I, I live five minutes away from both of my parents actually like I live super close so I'm over in the evenings I can come over whenever so I know a lot of other people my age don't have that luxury or they they go away and I'm not trying to make it seem like you know my experience is any different I know a lot of people move away when they go to university as well um but I'm a very sensitive person I'm a very nostalgic person I cry very easily I get emotional very easily so I just have to give myself the time to go through it. <laughs> um, and thankfully, yeah. So my family lives super close and I don't, I, I have the support. I have my friends to support me. So just reminding myself of that definitely helped getting into a routine here and establishing my own footing and kind of putting my things up and decorating and setting up my room the way it was. That's definitely made it a safer space. I don't know if that applied to you too. Like if you moved out, like when you finally have everything in its place, then you finally start feeling like, oh, maybe this is a home, right? Um, as well, I it kind of made me proud. Like I was driving the other day and I just it just hit me like uh humans are so resilient, like we are so we are so strong. Like this is such we can go through the biggest change and there's like a week or two of like inner turmoil, and then we just get through it and we process it. Like I find that so fascinating and I'm also super proud of myself because you know if you don't process what you're feeling you won't you won't heal and you won't move beyond it but because I took the time to journal it out to feel it and to process it and to take my time and to cry I came out on the other side and I'm okay now but it's only because I had I was able to do that and because I had the support of others around me so I was just thinking about how you know that's something I'm proud of that I'm so resilient and it shouldn't have to be that way like in certain cases I feel like resilience is something we shouldn't like it's sad to cultivate it because you have to have the experiences in order to have that skill um, and this wasn't a bad like this experience wasn't a bad one but again, like it's more along the lines of, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy to me how, you know, we're able to just take hits or like go through such big changes. And then, you know, you go through the cycle of being so stressed out and so anxious and so freaking like so freaked out and moving through all these emotions. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're fine. So that to me is like super crazy. 
But yeah, that's basically where I've been. Lastly, I think I will say that um, everyone is different. So some people kind of, I know around my age group kind of want to get away from their parents or maybe you don't have a good relationship with your parents and that's totally valid. Uh, So in that case, you know, you want to run away as fast as you can. For me, I'm big on community and family. I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but I know that in Canada for sure, it's a pretty individualistic country, but I grew up, you know, surrounded 24-7 by family. I'm very close with my extended family. And another thing that, I don't know, I'm not sure if anyone else, like maybe you've experienced this, maybe not, but just for some context, my parents are got divorced when I was really young, like maybe like five or six, they separated. So I spent my time packing my bag every weekend and I kind of like juggled my life between houses. So I stayed at my grandparents on my mom's side. I stayed at my grandparents on my dad's side and they basically helped raise me. Like I am equal, I was equally as close with my grandparents as I was with my, like my actual biological parents, which when I would discuss my experiences with other people at school, they'd be like, oh, like I never see my grandparents or either they live overseas or, or like, I don't like visiting them or they, they just didn't have the connection they did. Sometimes when I was younger, I would even, you know, I would call them my parents. I'd say like, you know, like you're my dad or, or like, you're like my mom too. Like, it's like your version of my mom. And, you know, they raised me just as much as my parents did while they were working. Like I was not like a lot of people sent their kids to daycare. I was not a daycare kid. I was a get picked up <laughs> and and go and stay with my grandparents and sleep over at their house on weekends while my parents, you know, went through their, I don't know, was it like a divorce crisis, like went out and lived their life and, and you know, reverted back to a younger state, like after they separated. So for me, I was like moving back and forth between, you know, all of, all of the houses. So I feel less attached just knowing that if I want to visit someone, there's always a bed for me there. And that has just consoled me so much because I still want to visit um, I, I still have a grandparent that is alive and I definitely still want to visit her while she's here and sleep over and it doesn't change anything. The fact that I'm now kind of independent and on my own. So yeah, but I guess that's a topic for another podcast episode because going into history and discussing all of that is, that's like, that's like an hour long, super long discussion. So yeah. The second thing that I kind of wanted to talk about and make the main focus of this episode is Tumblr and kind of the resurgence of, or the, sorry, the romanticization of the Tumblr era, like circa 2011 to like 2015, 2016, and how it's literally trending on TikTok from like younger Gen Z, because I'm a Gen Z too, but I'm like an older Gen Z, but from like younger Gen Z that are in high school now. Oh my God, like the fact that I'm now old enough to have people a few years younger than me dress up the way I dressed up when I was like, 
in my early teens is just wild. Like, I'm just trying to think about that. Like, is this how millennials feel? Because, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's been crazy. I actually, I used Tumblr for like fashion inspo up until like 2019. And then I like logged out and I never used it for another few years. But I was like a Tumblr addict like that shaped so much of my identity I'm sure that if you were born like because I'm born 98 so if you were born like within the years around that you were probably you probably had a tumblr account at some point and or maybe you didn't but that was my my social choice of social media that and twitter and I'm still on twitter but like I re-downloaded it again and it actually is a drama-free experience now, which I know wasn't in the past, but it's such a great experience just looking at pictures and not seeing people arguing with each other. And actually Pinterest is kind of like that too, but I like how on Tumblr you can actually like follow people and curate your feed a little bit more than you can with, with Pinterest. That's what I feel. So like we need to discuss this resurgence and the romanticization and like glorification of tumblr because it is very like it's not all good it's not not all of tumblr was good we have to remember that i think i created my tumblr in ooh i think i was in grade 8 or it was the summer before grade 8 yes no it was around there. Like I was in middle school. I wasn't even in high school when I created it. And that's another thing. I think that I got on Tumblr a little bit too young and I was looking at things that people maybe like that were juniors or seniors in high school were doing. And it really did influence me. Like as much as you can say social media doesn't influence people, it I think it definitely does, especially younger kids. And now that I'm older, I understand why there should be an age <laughs> an age requirement for certain apps like 100 percent i yeah i had it in grade eight it started out as kind of like a super innocent like one direction uh beach like beach inspo like you remember like the flower crown era and the the lip smackers like all those cute like little beachy innocent aesthetic i remember lace was in then the owl necklaces, you know, like the that like, you know, uh, live, laugh, love era. <laughs> um, then it kind of morphed into like a hipster. I don't know if hipster has the same connotation like IRL as it does like on Tumblr, because when I'm, I mean hipster, I mean like when people would wear like upside down crosses and galaxy leggings and like, like wear neon or in the creepers, like neon clothes, I was into like a lot of different aesthetics back then. So I, re I reblogged like a lot of things. So I don't exactly remember what kind it was. But I, w I remember I had a neon pink cross from Forever 21 that I wore with like a corset and like neon green Hollister shorts, like that era. And I would like do exaggerated eyeliner. And I don't know why I thought it was the shit, but I was so young, like so, so, so young. And then after that, I think it was the summer before grade nine. 
I started getting more into like Marina and the Diamonds, Lana Del Rey. Like that was that was the summer I discovered Lana Del Rey. I think this would have been 2012. So it was when Lana was having her, was it the Born to Die era? Like that album that came out, like Blue Jeans, um, Lolita, Carmen, all of those songs. I was listening to them. I was trying to embody the aesthetic of Lana. I was trying to embody the Electra Hearts aesthetic. I think I even like drew a heart on my cheek to be like Marina. I was obsessed with Prima Donna. Like don't even get me, like this, that song still hits. Prima Donna, Bubblegum Bitch. Uh, how to be a heartbreaker teen idol starring role that was an era like the pop girlies are not doing it actually is Lana Del Rey even pop no she's not or she alternative pop whatever the girlies are not doing it the way they were doing it in the past let's just say that I still stand uh Marina because her music's amazing but I just think that specific album like nothing will hit nothing will ever hit like that like I would listen to that on my iPod so much I think I over listened to it all of it it the whole album back to back is just the pinnacle of Tumblr like it's just so I don't know it just describes what it's like to be like to want to be perfect to want to be someone and that's an experience like so many teenage girls go through and I was definitely going through that at the time I went through this obsession with being perfect with like I had a list of where I could shop how I could do my hair what colors I could wear and it was all fueled by I think romanticization and is is, is this a word aesthetic aestheticizing or just like being obsessed with aesthetics which at this point in time like in 2012 it was from tumblr because I did not have an I didn't have an IG back then was I I don't even know if IG was a thing I only had Tumblr and Twitter and like Twitter is not really a place you go to for aesthetics that's where you go to discuss things so at the time I was on I was on Twitter for like One Direction like doing my fangirl business like being you know a regular 13 14 year old um and then Tumblr was like entirely different it just exposed me to a variety of fashion a variety of culture a variety of opinions a lot of them older a lot of them too mature for me that's that is what grew me up that is what influenced me to change my style to dress a certain way to act a certain way to speak a certain way 100 percent um even even later on like there so there yeah marina and lana are queens of tumblr but there was also the the Arctic Monkeys I got introduced to from Tumblr and the neighborhood. The whole black and white aesthetic. That was just, that was a vibe. That was just a time. That was a time. If you weren't there, you weren't there. If you were there, you know what I mean. But that was the moment. Like reblogging the lyric, the images, the soft grunge images with the lyrics. Oh, just it's so different. But anyways, yeah, so after um, my blog did become dark, it became kind of like a grunge, horror, depression blog for a while. I'm not going to get into the specifics because there's a lot of bad that came out of that era for me. Personally, it, I think it just fueled it. I think it just incentivized me to to do bad things and to... 
again, to romanticize my sadness at the time. Like I was so sad. When I think back to that time of my life, I think of escapism. I think that I was the saddest I've ever been. And because I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody about it, I turned to Tumblr and I expressed myself through that medium, like through reblogging things that said what I couldn't say. I'm sure it was like that for a lot of other people because I connected with so many other people at that time that were similar to my age that were kind of going through the same thing. But again, I think a lot of them were older and I just think that I I got sucked into like adult things a little bit too quickly because of Tumblr as well. So while I definitely think it helped me process things and it introduced me to a lot of music, like it was definitely great for music. It introduced me to a lot of fashion brands and it helped me curate my style and it helped me discover myself as a teen, which like you need that. You need to be exposed to different forms of media and you know, everybody should be allowed to do that. But I also think at the same time, it caused me to spiral a bit more than it should have. Then if I, if I were just on Twitter at the time, or I were using other forms of social media, I definitely wouldn't have been as bad as I got because of Tumblr. Like it facilitated a lot of things for me. I don't know if that's the same as it was for you, or maybe your experience on Tumblr was a little bit different. But yeah, a lot of people said that Tumblr was full of drama and they got into fights with people like I never I was never that type of, of reblogger like I just did it purely for the aesthetic I made sure that everything fit I made sure it looked good but yeah um and then I remember eventually like I kind of got over that phase I got a little bit better like and my blog just basically became more just like fashion focused I would say which it is today if you go on there it's mostly just fashion and like me reblogging Bella Hadid <laughs> walking on a runway and like quotes so it became better after um but I just think tumblr is so iconic and the soft grunge the soft grunge fashion aesthetic is so is like like just wow like I can't believe we actually dress like that to be honest it's not original I think it's it's definitely, definitely, don't quote me on this, it's definitely a copy of the 90s, of like 90s grunge for sure, 100%, but I wasn't around for that. So I experienced that in the Tumblr era. And I would come to school wearing Doc Martens, which I still own, tights, studded, like studded denim shorts that were super short, way too short to be wearing to school, <laughs> a crop top, um, a flannel. We all remember the flannel era, beanie, with like some some weird like quote on it that probably said like radical or like rad or 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 like some some next thing and yeah and then dark lipstick that was just a vibe like I wore that I also like I I did wear creepers like creepers were super popular I just dug into a bunch of different styles but soft grunge was like everything for me especially even when I got a little bit older. I loved that style so much. Now looking back at it, I don't like that style. Like I I was like, ew. Like if I if I wore that today, I would definitely feel uncomfortable. It's not me anymore. I've definitely moved on to a different style, but hey, I think when we're young, we have to experiment with different different styles to find who we are, and that's definitely fine. You know, as long as you're, you're not hurting anyone or appropriating anything for sure. Um 
you need to go through that. I'm still going through that. I still experiment with style. I, but I went through so many fashion phases as a teen that my wardrobe couldn't keep up with it. But that specific like soft grunge era, I think it lasted like two years for me and then it was gone. Like I didn't dress like that anymore after like grade 10. Like I just got over it. And by then, yeah, the vibe just changed. Like it's, it's crazy how trends just will, will change so much of how you present yourself especially as a teen because we're so easily influenced like that's that's crazy to me like my myself still still changes with the trends obviously like a little bit but it's just every everything about me just feels so much more solid now like reflecting back on those years of my life my identity is so much more solid even though even though I go through so many periods of time where I don't know who I am like even today but I still have a much better idea of I am, of who I am now. And at least I know what my style is. At least I know what I like. At least, you know, it's, it's a lot more solidified for me. And that, like just now reflecting on it, like it was changing so fast. Like every few months, like I would have a new revelation about myself back then and change. Like everything moved so quick. I went through everything. But yeah, getting off topic here. To conclude, Tumblr coming back is crazy um I think I think it is an era in and of itself like it is an era that will that is only understood if you lived through that time if you were you know if you were going through it at the same time I know people younger than me and older than me have definitely know exactly what I'm talking about, that specific era of Tumblr when it was just the best. It was like the happy place. And you'd come home after school and you would, you know, forget homework. I'm going to go on Tumblr. I'm going to listen to music and just blog for hours. Like that best era. But then on the flip side, again, I just want to acknowledge that there were a lot of downs. There can be downs. I always get off topic. There can be downsides to any form of media. Again, but I, I just think specifically Tumblr glorified a lot of things. It didn't, like, you could have access to rated R things, even if you were a 12-year-old. So that was definitely not good. Um, and I do think alongside with a lot of the aesthetics that were super popular around the time, definitely negative things were romanticized very bad things were romanticized and I'm not going to name all of them and I don't want you know it to be super triggering so that's why I'm kind of like laying off of like discussing it extensively but there's always a dark side and for me it definitely did did do some damage but I'm also gonna hold my well I, I am gonna hold myself accountable but I was also a child so we have to remember that but yeah, looking back on it, I definitely I definitely see how Tumblr influenced me and how a lot of the people on the website as well, like were oh my god, what's the word is not facilitators, the word is like promoting or helping. Helping me spiral. That's what I'm gonna say. They weren't helping me get better, they were helping me spiral lower. And I think that's what Tumblr like if you were really like really deep into it, a lot of it was enabling that's the word enabling bad behaviors and then you know if someone would say oh like I'm happy like I'm getting better you'd almost get attacked for being better they'd be like oh so you're like you're not a part of us anymore like you're not hashtag sad core you know like it was that vibe 
like, oh, you're not, you're not depressed anymore. <laughs> Bye. Like it did not enable people to just get worse. I think a lot of the community, not the app in general, but I'm talking specifically about my experience with certain subcultures and communities on Tumblr. But yeah, I think that's all I'm going to say. I think I rambled on a little bit too much. So this is going to be a longer episode, but hey, I'm happy to talk about the past and the past does need to be talked about. So that's pretty much everything I'm <laughs> I'm going to be discussing this week. But again, thank you so much if you've been listening to my podcast. I appreciate it so, so much. And I will see you next time. Thank you so much. Have a great week.